together as far as resolutions go, because I've gone back and forth. Yeah, I'm going to resolve it. There's something. Nah, it's one day at a time. But a friend of mine sent me this, and with a couple of minor modifications, this is a perfect list. The year, I'm going to try it to be more like Jesus, and it breaks it down. One, hang out with sinners. Well, we really don't have an option with that, do we? Especially in radio, not a problem. The next one says upset religious people. I would, I would preface that. Upset religious people that just bought their third Maserati. Yeah, I, I'm cool with that. Tell stories that make people think. And we'll see. Choose unpopular friends like Jesus did. I got that one nailed. I've been living like Jesus forever on that one. Be kind, loving, and merciful. That's the one that I most would hope to achieve. And that's the one that I most am going to struggle to achieve. And the final way I want to be more like Jesus in the upcoming year, I want to take naps on boats. I don't want to own the boat. I just want to take a nap on a boat. Get in touch with me about July. 724-843-1888. Hi, thank you for calling Teleforum. What is your name? My name is Ron. Hi, Ron. Thanks for waiting on me while I babbled. What's up, sir? <laughs> well, uh, I'm in Northern California, a place called Hamilton Field. Yeah. And uh, been involved for focusing uh, on toxic uh, waste. Yeah, I know who you are. What's and, up, and, man? Uh, well, uh, we're looking at a student project that we had that was national at one point called Global Garden Project. And I'm trying to see uh-huh. how to focus on these issues of toxins that have affected communities such as East Palestine mm-hmm. and kind of keep that out there and and un- try to understand how to create that as a student service project so that there, what would the student, okay, but what, what, yeah. all right, consciousness and work aren't necessarily related. I, I flipped burgers unconscious many days in my youth, but first off, what would be the benefit to the student? It can't just be consciousness. Student, yeah, it can't just be no, consciousness. No, I'm talking about long-range awareness uh-huh. of the effects of toxins on themselves and on their community and on their future, in uh, in their own family future, and their their generation that they produce, the next generation, and therefore the transgenerational effects on newborns All right, from I'm, the toxins. I am going to say something that I hate that I'm saying it. But I'm going to ask you a question. Do you believe you can convince people to care if they don't care? Do you believe that's possible? I believe that the the only way you can convince people to take any interest if they see it as a self-afflicting cause Mm -hmm. that that they should take interest in. Otherwise, no. I absolutely salute your determination. My advice to you? Wow. Uh, My advice to you is start at the local level. You're not going to go from zero to nationwide awareness program with anything. And it's weird to say this. Fortunately, you have the Internet. 
if it is something that people are, are actually interested in, you can get the information out there to them. You can. But there's an old saying, you can lead a horse to water and you can't make it drink. And I wish you good luck in anything you post. Uh, let people know. That's the first place. Let people know and start getting word out there on all the social media platforms. The more people that share it, that's the more interest being demonstrated to you. And good luck. 724-843-1888, The big story, and they're going to milk it while we're talking about how media does stuff and how media works. Between now and whenever the snow shows up, every station is going to lead with the weather. Here's the latest on the storm, completely different than when we told you a half hour ago. But I wore my tie with the snowflake on it, so this is what we're... And I was talking to a couple people in the building, and I missed it. The Snowmageddon of 93. I came to Western PA beginning of 96, and I heard the stories, but I missed it. Am I a bad person to hope the storm coming this weekend might be my version? I love it. Here's why I love it. Aside from the fact that I'm a weather geek, I love it because it shows we are capable of being unified in our focus. Now, it also shows we we're probably lacking in recognizing the importance of what the focus on but everything, everything between now and whenever the snow comes is going to be about the snow. And I'm cool with that. And I wish I would have been here in 93 for the snowmageddon. I've seen the pictures and I've heard the stories. And it's interesting to me on a different level because doing this for a job, you got to show up to work. And I just, I've heard the stories and I almost wish I'd have been here for it. Hi, thank you for calling Teleforum. What's your name? Oh, hi, David, out in San Francisco. How are you, and, Dave? Uh, yeah, I've been, not too bad. Uh, you know, I've been doing radio for over 50 years, and, yeah, I've been lived through a couple of those snowmageddons and, uh, and other weather conditions. Let me, I want to yeah, ask you, I want to ask, ask you this. Have you ever missed an on-air shift because you couldn't get there, weather-wise? Uh, no, no, because I, nope. I knew to get there early, and you'd bring an extra pair of socks and, and a good lunch because you're going to be stuck in there. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's where you catch the overtime, and you, uh, 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 yeah, it's. Uh, and you know where the you, you know where the best you know where the best place in a radio station to sleep is. Do you know? Uh, well, I've learned to uh, just find uh, the right angle on a tilting chair and, mm -hmm. and uh, go peacefully into the uh, slumbers. Here's where you do it. Forget you're not going to be comfortable no matter what because you're not at home. If there's a couch there, invariably it's going to be about six inches too short to stretch out. That's going to make it worse. Go to the production room. Usually in a production room, there's three, two or three or four or five power amps in a rack underneath the production room board. It's like a mother's embrace. It's like being in the womb. Yeah, it is so warm and toasty, and you're like, oh, I feel pretty good. 
idea. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, I uh, as you probably know, uh, Ron and I tag team on calls, and uh, yeah. the the, uh, the thing he was leading up to was how do people put together PSAs, uh, like uh, public service announcements. You write and a PSA. The idea that, well, you know this, man. Well, sure, yeah. yeah. But but in um, in you know fifty years ago it, it was a big it was very common for the Cub Scout troop or the mm-hmm. sewing circle or somebody like that to put together a PSA and then just submit it to the station and mm-hmm. it was kind of luck of the draw about whether or not they get read but uh, in the case of uh, you know modern radio where these corporate chains own everything. Um, is there an obligation of stations to even run PSAs anymore? Or is it yes. Just to the- yeah, you have to run public service broadcasting. Certain, uh, I don't know what the amount is, but if you're listening to a radio station and it's 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning, you're you're hearing charity shows, shows from things oh, that yeah, are 501C. Yeah. That counts. And public service announcements, that counts. Any, any public service announcement for it to be read or for it to be recorded or for it to be used as fill or whatever, it has to come from an established organization. It has to come from uh, most of the time, if not all the time, 501C. Or it comes from the Ad Council. Right, right. But that that's the first yeah, thing. It- Past that, just write one. Sure. Yeah. Well, in one one of the things that we've noticed, and and this kind of gets into Ron's call again. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday or two days ago, I guess uh, the governor of Ohio caught some real hell because uh, he refused to he vetoed, sign on to the right. yeah the sex change kind of bill. But there's a commonality between East Palestine and that, as far as I'm concerned, that. The, the rise in children needing sex changes is related to pollution and that the polluters have so poisoned a whole where where now, well, back that, up back up back up where what is the origin of that thesis well uh, for example there's a, a book called our stolen future okay uh, it came out in 1999 and uh, it was mostly about ADD. But it's, uh, I think Al Gore did the foreword to the book. And um, in it, he was describing the, the chemicals uh, that were getting into the benzene and formaldehyde were two big ones. Uh, that okay, but that is, that, is, that, is a big, that is a big jump to say chemicals caused ADD to chemicals caused kids that think they were born the wrong gender. That is a big jump you're talking about not necessarily yeah no it is listen because you're no but you're talking about the results of a soft tissue how do you know that that's an emotional thing yeah in this book it describes that you know if a mother is pregnant and Mm -hmm. she uh the the family buys a brand new carpet you know to make it a a righteous world for raising a baby in (laughs) And that carpet is outgassing benzene, mm-hmm. and she's walking around for months pregnant, and she's breathing in this benzene. The soft tissue is going to affect eyesight. It'll affect hearing. It'll affect brain development. It'll se- affect sex organs. 
And the the subheadline was about ADD because that was a big issue. But sex organs is a is obviously a big part of it. So these kids does it did did they try wait did they try to connect uh, hormonal chemical imbalances in the brain with this? Uh, that I I uh, can't remember if specifically what you're leading up to is in there, but it. Uh, it, it does talk about the soft tissue affecting, you know, every part of soft tissue. Uh, you know, it depends on, for example, when the mother. Here's 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 where I think when she's nine months. Listen, here's where you know. I think you're you're spinning your wheels. You're talking about finding a possible cause for something we currently live in a world where there is a refusal from some people that that something even exists. You're talking about doing research on on something or having proven with research that doesn't sound like it's done. You're talking about trying to prove something with research that there are people that refuse to accept the fact that it exists, much less let's do research on it. I think you're way, working way far ahead and way far backwards at the same time. And on that subject, the Ohio House is returning from their winter vacation early. You know it's serious, I told you. To attempt to override Mike DeWine's veto of the anti-transgender legislation. Many Republicans think they have the votes, but no one's quite sure yet. And I've spoken of this... I'll go ahead and say it again. Um, um, I'll go ahead and own it. If you and I, I don't want to anecdotally justify it, but I'm going to. Very good friend of mine. Grew up in the same place. Still in contact. Known each other off and on, God, decades. When I knew him decades ago, he was a guy. He now is not a guy. If that's how you want to live, if that's going to make you happy, knock yourself out. It's brave as you know what to even consider walking that path. And I salute you and I am impressed with your bravery. And I always say, if you're going to do it, do it. Commit to the gig. There ain't much bigger committing to the gig than changing yourself from a dude to a girl. There's not. And I salute that. But you shouldn't be able to compete against biological women in sports. Want to have your own Olympics, your own sports? Great, man. I'll watch that. But physiologically... And the stats bear this out, and the times bear this out, and the numbers bear this out every single time. And I don't mean to be crass with my phrasing. I'm just trying to get to the point quickly. If you were a guy and now you're a former guy competing in sports against women, you have an unfair advantage because you used to be a guy. When you see somebody that was top 30 in the men's division... And then they make that change and write on very brave. And they go from top 30 in the men's division to stomping everybody's rear end in the women's division. 
That's an advantage. It's being demonstrated. It's happened in every sport. And I don't think that's unfair. And I've asked, I've talked to men about it, and I've talked to women about it. And very seldom did I hear, well, no, if you were a guy, you should. In the cycling world, it's going on right now, and it's going exactly how you thought. The former dude, back when he was a dude, was a pretty good cyclist, but he wasn't winning nothing. Now that he's uh, post-dude, he's whipping everybody. It's not fair. It's not an indictment on what and how you want to live your life. It's got nothing to do with how you want to live your life. You want to live your life, you're brave enough to say, I want to do this. You're willing to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous society. I'm proud of you. Shouldn't be able to compete with the unfair advantage that you were physiologically born with. I really feel like I need to run the disclaimer at this point. 